I have no help, you know, and I don't mean even financial help. I just mean knowledge wise, like there's nobody to ask, right? There's like nobody to guide you or, or say, Hey man, maybe you should do it this way. You know, there's nobody. So I was like, but in a way it's good because that, that creates the ultimate self-belief. Honestly, you have to really believe in yourself. You know what I mean? Through that, without help, you're like, okay, well, all all I got is me. So I got to figure it out. How bad do you want it? What's up, my friend, and welcome to Grit, Grace, and Inspiration. I am your host, Kevin Lowe. 20 years ago, I awoke from a life-saving surgery, only to find that I was left completely blind. And since that day, I've learned a lot about life, a lot about living, and a lot about myself. And here on this podcast, I want to share those insights with you. Because, friend, if you are still searching for your purpose, still trying to understand why, or still left searching for that next right path to take, we'll consider this to be your stepping stone to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Sometimes in life, we get to make the choices. We get to decide where life takes us. Other times, well, other times, it's life that chooses for us. And well, we're just left to try and figure it out and to piece it together and make good out of it. For today's guest, Jesse Farrell, this is exactly his story. What's up, my friends? My name is Kevin Lowe. I am your host as well as a transformational life and business coach. What is going on? Hopefully you're having a great day. The hope is that this podcast can make it a little bit better. This is episode number 214, and I am in the studio with Jesse Farrell. Jesse is a super cool dude who literally is just doing the thing. He's doing the grind, but he's doing it in a super fashionable, cool way. Because Jesse is the owner of Upland Clothing Co., a clothing line that he created, he designed, and that he is tearing up the scene in the skating world. Derived from his love for skating, For those of us who aren't real keen on the term just skating, we're talking about specifically skateboarding. Jesse realized that fashion, it was where it was at. He realized he needed to make something not only look good, but is made and suited for skateboarders. Now, what's crazy, though, is that Jesse's past, as you're going to hear, It's not like he comes from a family of entrepreneurs, a family of fashion designers, clothes designers. No, that's not the story at all. And yet Jesse, he figured it out. He found a way. He charted his own course. And well, that's what made me so interested in his story and wanted to learn more. And well, that's what brought him to be here on the podcast today. Before we dive into Jesse's story, I do want to remind you that if you want to take this podcast maybe to the next level, you want to go a little bit deeper on the stories of my guests or just on the topics that we cover, I want to encourage you to sign up for my mailing list. And that is found inside of today's show notes. You can just scroll down and click the link that I have provided that will let you get on the mailing list. You'll get an email from me, a little midweek pick-me-up on Wednesdays, and well, that will just have that week's latest podcast episode, 
plus a link to my new LinkedIn article. Yes, I have been adopting the LinkedIn game and I am loving it. And so I am publishing a corresponding article on LinkedIn every week that corresponds perfectly with that day's podcast. So if you're interested, please be sure to check out the show notes and check that out. With all of that said, ladies, gentlemen, guys, it's my pleasure to introduce you to today's amazing guest. Here is my interview with Jesse Farrell. Honestly, before skating, bro, it's funny. I was uh, playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards and like Pokemon and stuff, you know? Okay, okay. Yeah, so I was kind of like the nerdy kid a little bit, you know, kind of just <laughs> dabbling with the cards. Well, what happened is my buddy, my best friend at the time, I was like in middle school. You know, he was all into skating because his dad skated too. Okay. But that was their whole life. And he was like, dude, quit playing Pokemon and come skate. And I was like, you know, all right, sure. So I gave it a try and then, you know, I enjoyed it. And then, you know, probably like, I think seventh grade or something like that is kind of when I started. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Now, yeah. okay, now you got to excuse me. Don't, don't, don't call me a nerd or something. But when we <laughs> talk about skate, are we uh, talking skateboarding, rollerblading? What are we talking yeah, about? Skateboarding, skateboarding. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. I guess that's the new lingo. Just skate, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a little code right there. Yeah, man. Well, that is so cool, dude. So start kind of getting into skateboarding and stuff in middle school. So where, where did you grow up though? So I was uh, born in Jacksonville, but my mom got cancer when I was in like, I think probably around that time, seventh grade. And uh, we ended up moving to this little town called Callahan, which is like a really small country town about like an hour from Jack's. So I pretty much grew okay. up there. But I'm from Jacks, and I was back and forth from like Callahan to my grandma's house, which is in Jacksonville. So I kind of grew up in both places, but mainly Callahan because that's where I went to school and stuff. Okay, okay. Now, yeah. had you had you gotten into skating before moving to Callahan? Yeah, yeah. Like right before. Thank God, because that's what I did in Callahan. That's all I did was just skate every day, right from school. I'd bring my skateboard to school, and I would just walk. You know, after school's out, and I would just walk right into the town. Because the school okay. was in the town and I would just skate all day. Callahan. Okay. So that's interesting because I started to ask you, because I'm thinking going from a town like Jacksonville to then a small town like Callahan, I started to think to myself, wow, that probably put a damper on skateboarding because there wouldn't be as many places to skate, but you found yeah. places. Yeah. It actually put me really behind though in skating. Even still, like I haven't, I'm like behind potentially because there's nothing there. There's no skate park. There's no spots, really. You're, like, creating your own spots, you know, like, in the street, and they're not good. So I was always good at doing, like, flat ground tricks, like, on, you know, just the flat ground because there's nothing to skate. So then when I got out of Callahan, I was like, oh, now I can go do skate parks, and this is, you know, you just really get kind of deprived of that. So I was always behind skating. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So so you said, though, that you guys moved to Callahan in you said that your your mom had cancer at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, was it just the two of you or did you have siblings? Yeah. So it's just me, my mom and my uh, brother. And then so okay. she met a guy in Callahan, my stepdad, and <sighs> they met each other at the job on the job because she worked construction. So they met each other at the job and then she got cancer and they were like, yo, you got to quit your job. It was breast cancer. And so okay. she was like, oh, shit. So we had to move to my stepdad's place. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So 
so growing up, so did you end up continuing like finishing school and stuff in Callahan? Yeah, I never actually graduated, but I did finish the school. Like they gave me a, a certificate of completion, whatever that is. But yeah, I didn't actually. Gra- <laughs> yeah, they were just pretty much like, "Thanks for hanging out for all these years," but I never actually graduated. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> that's is pretty funny. It. No, that that's very funny. Very funny. Now, so at what point then did you come back to Jacksonville? All right. So right after I graduated, I was like, I asked my grandparents if I could just live with them for a while just to get out of, you know, Callahan. And they were like, yeah, you can live with us. So I just moved right back in with them. And I was working at Pizza Hut at the time and I didn't have like a car or nothing. So then I had to like, it's kind of like I had to restart life almost because it's in Callahan, there's nothing there and no money and stuff like that. So then it's like, I come to my grandma's house and I'm like, okay, now what, you know, I got to figure out Jacksonville. Yeah, absolutely. Now, good relationship with your grandparents? Yeah, they're pretty much like my parents. They're pretty much yeah. raised us. And they pretty much yeah. raised everybody. Like, they were always that safe home in the family. You know, like, at one point, everybody was living at their house when we were growing up just because they've always had a foundation. Everybody else has been, like, divorced and, you know, all these kids, like, you know, just kind of the normal troubled, you know, lifestyle. And my grandparents were the only ones that were stayed together, still married, you know, type thing manage their money well, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, the the responsible ones in the family. Right, you know? right. Like, Everybody yeah. else kind of, <laughs> you know, did their own thing or dabbled with this or failed yeah. here or something, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. I can relate to, to my own family. That's what we, we call my, my grandparents. I'm like, they're basically the rock, you right, know? they're the rock, dude. <laughs> I think that's the generation, though. I think probably, you know, just from the growing up in that era of yeah. time, you have to be the rock. You have to, that's just life, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And aren't we so glad we got them? <laughs> yeah. Thank thank God, man. Yeah. So, so you're back in Jackson, you're living with your grandparents. You said you started working at Pizza Hut and stuff, but at what point do you dive into like the world of entrepreneurship and start getting into the clothing business? Before I even came back to my grandparents' house through skateboarding is style. You know, a lot of the sport is style, how you dress and so I was already kind of dabbling with it in Callahan a little, but you know, it was nothing serious at all. It was just straight up. I'm just messing around, you know? Yeah. And then I start like kind of doing more research. When I come to Jacksonville, I start doing more research. And I, I start studying brands that were already in Jacksonville. I'm like, okay, so this is possible. This is a thing. You can actually do this. You know, these people did it. So then I just break out the laptop and just start doing tons of research every day. Yeah. Had you ever thought growing up that you would would ever want to do something with with like clothing lines? No, not really. I didn't really know what I was wanting to do when I was a kid, like younger, you know, in like high school even. I didn't really know for a fact because nobody in my family has ever done anything like that. No one's ever been an entrepreneur or like anything remotely creative. No one in my family is really creative. So until I started getting into skating more and then I started watching how people dressed and I was like, and then I started developing my own little style. Because in Callahan, I stood out. I was the only one, you know, dressed how I dressed, you know. When I was growing up, I had no clue. Yeah, wow. That is that is some cool stuff. So now talk to me about this then. I mean, it's one thing to say grow up and you have maybe, say, parents or, or other family members who own their own businesses and kind of can be like a guide to you. But, I mean, you didn't have that, and yet – you kind of took this on. What was that experience like for you? Kind of 
getting to kind of where you are today with with your your business? Yeah, like so obviously where I'm from, nobody we're from like the trailer parks, you know, so like there's no information anywhere around us for entrepreneurship, you know, and so nobody in my family was. So I almost like when I started getting more serious and I was like, OK, I really think I would really like to do this. You know, it was like a feeling of defeat, though, in a way, because you're like, I have no help, you know, and I don't mean even financial help. I just mean knowledge wise, like there's nobody to ask. Right. There's like nobody to guide you or or say, hey, man, maybe you should do it this way. You know, there's nobody. So I was like, but in a way, it's good because that that creates the ultimate self-belief. Honestly, you have to really believe in yourself. You know what I mean? Through that, without help, you're like, okay, well, all all I got is me. So I got to figure it out. How bad do you want it? Yeah. And I mean, dude, I mean, that speaks a lot to just you yourself. I mean, that that you were kind of given this passion and drive. I mean, not many young kids have that. Yeah, because I had this drive when I was young, when I was probably like 16, 17, I was still feeling the same drive, but I just didn't know necessarily what to put the drive into. You know, like all I knew is my drive was like, I got to get out of Callahan and I got to make money that's not a nine to five and I can inspire people to, you know, that was my drive. Like, I didn't know what it was though. I didn't know clothing, skateboarding, music, whatever I got into, but it was something that's like, yo, we got to get out of this town and we got to show people that like dreams are possible type thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's absolutely amazing. So what for you was kind of the kind of pinnacle that, that turning point when maybe all these ideas and dreams and stuff, really finally kind of took the fast track to turning into something. When I got featured in GQ magazine is really when things started popping off. And I was like, all right, this is something real. Like, this is something I'm onto something, you know? Yeah. Now talk to me. What What is that magazine? So GQ magazine is like the biggest magazine in fashion in this whole fashion world, pretty much like, and they hit me up for through social media and emailed me and was like, hey, would you want to, you know, pretty much be in our magazine? And I was like, what? You know, I thought it was a joke. I'm like, no way, bro. Because I'm still, you know, at this time, this was a couple of years ago, you know? So I wasn't really polished yet. You know, I was still kind of learning. And, but whatever, they saw something in my brand and I was like, yeah, sure. So we did it. You know, we, whatever worked together and I got in the magazine and it came out and they had a British version and their magazine came out in British or Britain or whatever, you know, over there. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy that I'm even around this, you know? I'm from the little town. How do I get in this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. I mean, that is so, so cool. Now, so talk to me about your brand, about the type of clothes you're creating. What is the style? I mean, you're you're talking to a guy who can't see. Right. So ex- explain it to me. Okay. So it's pretty much like very clean streetwear style. So it's like not a lot of big graphic shirts that have like, you know, big, bold graphics on it. It's It's a lot of minimalism. So it's like just... It's called uh, typography, which is like a lot of branding through fonts and, and like just so you spell upland in different ways and you use different creative fonts, you know, and that's pretty much like it's just streetwear, it's like skateboarding streetwear. So it's like big baggy cargo pants with like a baggier shirt and a lot of a lot of colors, you know, you use a lot of color palettes and stuff like that. So a lot of branding. Yeah, dude, I love that so much. What has been kind of like the the response? And I'm and I'm even gonna go back to when you you really started putting this out there and the the world started to know that, you know, you weren't just a skater, but now you're entering into this new realm of of 
clothing brand. And so what was the response from friends and stuff? What did they think? It's kind of funny, man. It's kind of ironic too, because so, you know, your basic audience, right. When you're younger is just your high school friends, you know, that's pretty much everybody, you know, and life is, and maybe the neighboring high schools too. Right. I was from this country town. Right. So everything that I was making, everyone was like, uh, sure. Cool. I guess. Right. Cause they're like, you know, they're like country, it's a country town. So they're wearing boots and stuff, which is cool. And so I'm trying to kind of, you know, create my own brand in an, in an area that like they care. Cause they're like, that's cool that you're trying to do that. And we respect you. And that's really cool. But I mean, we can't really support you because we wouldn't wear that. Right. Yeah. And so I was, I learned that and I was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. You know, it took me a while to learn that. Cause at first I was like, why does no one like it? And blah, 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 <laughs> you know, but I was like, Oh, well, I'm just in the, I'm selling to the wrong market. You know what I mean? So I didn't realize that you actually started really diving into this when you were still in high school. Yeah. Like I was just, you know, kind of messing around and I used to make pocket shirts, you know, that was back when pocket tees were big, you know, you had the little pocket on the shirt yep. and I would cut fabric out and I would fold it into a pocket and then I'd have a seamstress lady sew it on for me. And, uh, it would be all kinds of different pockets. There would be like different patterns on it, like fireworks or, you know, whatever crazy flamingos or oranges. So it stood out and I would doubt yeah. with that in high school, but that was really all I was making in high school was just pocket tees for me. And like, maybe some of my friends, I wasn't selling anything. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, that is, that is really pretty cool. Now. Yeah. Now, when we fast forward to today with your business, how does it look like? I mean, are you outsourcing the creation of the clothing? Yeah. So I have manufacturers that actually make everything from scratch. You know, we work with different fabrics and stuff like that to design the pieces now and different uh, print patterns and stuff like that. So I'm the only one that runs the brand. It's just me. Everything. All the decisions, all the you know, everything. I mean, I even model some of my own stuff, you know? So, but yeah, we have factories that work. I work with factories. Yeah, that is so cool. Now, kind of curious, you know, in, in the skate scene, Mm -hmm. do you, do you find though that it varies on what people want based on where they're located in the country or the world? That's a really good question, bro. Yeah. A hundred percent, a thousand percent. Because when I moved to Jacksonville, this is a funny, I learned Jacksonville was the same as Callahan, where I'm still selling to an audience that they support you. And they're like, what you're doing is so cool because like no one here has really done that, but still we can't support you because we don't wear that kind of stuff. So Uh. it took me a while to learn that. So in the the beginning, when I moved to Jax, I was like, dang, like I was doing little things in Jax, but I was still like, man, you know, not a lot of people like it. It seemed like whatever, right? And I just recently learned that like a year or two ago when I started selling things like California and New York. And when I started selling those to other places in the U.S., like people didn't hesitate to buy it. They just was like, oh, that's so cool. Buy and wear and tag. And I was thinking, what? You know, I was like, what makes these people buy it so easy? But people where I'm from, not, you know, and then I started doing market research and, you know, all that stuff. So I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's it's, it's very, very true where they live. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now. Do you feel like, you know, Mr. Trendsetter you are? Do you feel like you've had an influence, though, in the area where you're at by starting to see more people kind of adopting this style? Yeah, for sure. And more than the style, I think just the the like perseverance of like just going for what they want to do. Too. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of the stuff around where I'm at, people are like, OK, this guy did it. I think I could do it, too. Type thing, you know, whatever, whatever it is they want to do, I think. 
I think I do trend set in that, in that area more than the clothes. Cause you know, still here, it's like, yeah, it's not a big skate town. There's not a lot of skateboarding here. You know, like once you know everybody, you kind of, you know, you know, the 50 to hundred people who skate here cause it's a beach, you know? So everyone's beaching it and surfing it shorts, you know, no shirt flip flops type thing. Yep. But I do think like the trend setting comes from like people who want to have a dream and they see that this guy did it and they're like, dang man, that's Jesse. How did he yeah. do that? Maybe I can do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and to be honest, Jesse, I mean, that's what really kind of captivated me about your story. When I first learned about you, heard your stories, I thought to myself, like, exactly that kind of, you know, movie-esque, you know, type scenario, small town, then blowing it up, but doing something totally different, you know, and, you know, why that matters is the fact of, you know, what you just said is maybe it will inspire some other kids stuck in a small town to realize, like, you're not stuck there forever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you can really just do whatever you want, man. It's like, it's crazy, especially nowadays, bro, with all this, you know, technology and all the, I mean, there's opportunity around every corner, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when when you look at the the business today, what are, what are your kind of like big hopes, dreams, where it might could go from here? So pretty much, man, like the next place is like New York City. That's kind of where I've been taking the brand. Okay. I've been um, noticing that, well, it's not far, you know, it's only a two hour flight. So one, it's not far. And two, it's just the style there, you know, cause I've never been in New York, honestly, until like maybe a year ago or, or two, I've never even been on a plane, you know? And so I was like, when I went to New York for the first time, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, these are my people type thing, you know, because everyone's (laughs) like dressed, you know, everyone's dressed cool and they have their own style. And I'm like, whoa, okay, this is like a really unique place. And I started flying out more and I started like meeting people and getting connections and stuff like that. And I'm like, whoa, this is cool. So yeah, that's kind of the next step is like New York and Cali. Those are the two places that are the biggest with fashion, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Do you find that when you go to places like New York, California, do do you feel like you you're getting even more inspiration for new design ideas? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because right now, if like let's say I come to the coffee shop and I'm in Jacks, well, the only way for me to get inspired is like through my laptop if I'm researching or on Instagram, you know. But like when you go to Cali and you're there, you see it in person and you're like, whoa, like that guy's shirt is pretty cool. What is that? Or the way he put those shoes with that looks pretty, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're really physically seeing it and you could just walk up to him and ask, you know, I walk up to people all the time and I'm like, Hey man, what's, you know, what's that or something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, Jesse, man, I mean, you're, you're killing it. And I think this is just so encouraging to, to anybody because I mean, how old were you when you started the business? So I had a different brand before Upland and it was called Good Vibes Skate Apparel, right? Okay. So I was, man, how old was I? I was probably like 19 or 20 when I did that. And I got that brand in a couple stores, you know, and it was just for fun though. I wasn't like doing taxes or nothing like that. And then I changed the name and I rebranded everything in 2016 to Upland. So from 2016 to now is when Upland has been a thing, but I've been doing clothes before Upland and just kind of learning the ropes, you know? So I've been doing yeah. it for a while, a little while, if you want to count all yeah. that time. And, I mean, let's go back and look what the boy is doing. 
with only a, a certification of completion from high school. You know? <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> that's think that's saying, awesome, bro. man. And it's so funny because right out of school, man, I was like at Pizza Hut. Yeah, I mean, you got to kind of work with what you got. It's funny because yeah. when I was at Pizza Hut, I was like, man, I need more money because obviously, you know, that was like minimum wage. And one of my buddies from school was working at the port of Jacksonville, which is like where all the ships come in with these big cranes. And he was like, he just reached out. He's like, hey, you want to get a job here? And I was like, sure. How much does it pay? And he's like, I think it was like 12 bucks or something. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And honestly, ever since then, when I was like working full jobs, like full-time jobs, I was just like, all right, next year I need a dollar more. I don't care where I got to go. Who has a dollar more? The next year, a dollar more. That was like my game plan. Cause you know, I just had a ticket of completion. Yeah. I was like, all right, we got to make money somehow. Yep. Yep. No, dude, I love it. And what, what I love about it is this idea that, you know, when we, when we talk about education, we talk about high school and all of that, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, the academics, the math, the, the science, the doing all that stuff, you know, yeah, that's great for some people. But other people thrive in other areas. Yeah, for you sure. know, and so when I listen to your story, I think to myself, you are hope to that kid who feels like this whole school stuff. I'm just I'm not good at it. I don't like it, but I'm good at other things. And yet the school system and stuff tries to kind of, you know, bring that down in a way. And I yeah. love the fact that your story is like. No, like, don't give up on your dreams. Like, you can still do awesome stuff being you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Cause in high school, I was all, I was a super angry kid too. And that was part of the reason because I felt like, felt like I was in jail. I mean, really? Cause I was like, man, I have, and my mind is clicking a different way. I'm like, I know this school thing is, it's just not, whatever it is, it's just not working for me. I, I'm not resonating with it, you know. But then there was other kids in school who were like locked in and focused. And now look at them. They went, they did like college and all this, and which is awesome. That's like a cool route. I'm like, I don't know how you guys stayed so focused, but you know, their brain clicked in that area. But yeah, so to all the kids that are like, you know, the school thing, I'm like, yeah, you can do whatever you want, man. But those teachers will, some of them don't understand it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Jesse, man, I got one last question for you. Is, yeah, bro, whatever. Yeah, man, we're, we're kind of, kind of in, in this theme that we're just talking about is, Looking at where you're at right now with with the success you've had with with the clothing company, what if you were talking to you back in the day, moved to this new town, this small little nothing town, life's kind of in upheaval. You know, what would you say to that kid? Mm, I would say, one, you got to stay focused, right? Do not lose sight. Don't let your friends distract you. Don't let parties and fun. And well, I stayed focused. I never partied or anything, but I would still, whatever kid I would tell myself, stay focused. And as long as you stay focused, it will work out. That's a fact. Cause I, I used to question myself, bro, every day of like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm taking all the right steps. I don't do any drugs. I don't party. I don't hang out with friends. I don't do this. I don't do, I sacrifice here. Right. And I was like, it's never working. But now that I'm older, I'm like, all you had to do was just be patient. You know what I mean? You just yeah. had to be patient and stay focused and don't let up. Don't let up on the, you know, keep the gas going and you got to reinvent yourself. If something's not working, you got to pivot. All right, what did I do wrong? What did I not? You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what I would say. 
yeah. focus because a lot it's so easy to forget your mission when your friends come around or maybe you're emotional right you don't know how to handle your emotions and a lot of people go party it out or go have fun and, and then they distract themselves from the real journey and then you're 28 and you don't have nothing you know or whatever so just stay focused and that time will come yeah i love it so much now I said that was the last question, but but you've made me think of some more. Is um when when you talk about staying focused and stuff, mm-hmm. do you credit for you having something that you're passionate about, that being like skateboarding as an outlet that was like a help to you? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because anytime I would like feel pain or feel like emotions or something, I just skated it out. So I think skateboarding helped me stay yeah. on the right track, you know? And also the sport of skateboarding is a lot of failure. So you're also learning persistence and failure through that, right? Because the whole point of skating is like you do a trick and you mess up and you try again and you try again and you try again. But then also in the sport of skating is creative freedom. You do whatever you want. But no, I mean, they you talk about really about like all aspects of your life, including the skateboarding. I mean, the mindset that you have is truly just awesome. And I feel like anybody listening, you know, kid, grown adult, anybody can listen to you, man, and and take something away that can be applied to their own life. And um, man, I just, I love your outlook on, on life and the way that you approach things, I think is, is truly awesome. Damn. Thank you, man. Yeah, that's, that, I try. I, I agree. Kid or adult, I think could listen in and tap in and maybe be like, whoa, What's this guy talking about? <laughs> you know, like, hold on. I haven't heard that before or something, you know. That's my goal, man. For the people who want to check out your clothes, who want to follow you, where's the best places for them to go? On Instagram, you can just check it out. It's just Upland Clothing Co. on Instagram. And then my website is www.uplandclothing.co. And then my personal account is just at Jesse Farrell. I have all, every day we post stuff. Yeah, well, fantastic, dude. Well, I will be sure that all the links are in the show notes as always. And uh, Jesse, man, just one last time, dude. Thank you so much for for taking the time out of your day to be here on the podcast, to share your story, your awesome insights on life. You're an awesome guy, man. <laughs>